Just a friendly heads up that today's episode, while ultimately a success story, discusses drugs, alcohol, addiction, and recovery. Welcome to the Bigger Pockets Money Podcast, where we interview Jasmine Gray and talk about her journey through a tough financial upbringing to becoming debt free and working on building wealth. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Mindy Jensen, and with me, as always, is my financial coach co host, Scott Trench. Great to be here with my general manager of finance, Mindy Jensen. Scott and I are here to make financial independence less scary, less just for somebody else, to introduce you to every money story because we truly believe financial freedom is attainable for everyone, no matter when or where you're starting. That's right. Whether you want to retire early and travel the world, go on to make big-time investments in assets like real estate, start your own business, or recover from um, severe financial setbacks, including restitution and personal debt, we'll help you reach your financial goals and get money out of the way so you can launch yourself towards those dreams. Scott, I am so excited to talk to Jasmine today. She has a story that we really haven't heard before, and it is a story ultimately of triumph, and when you set your mind to something, you truly can't accomplish anything. Absolutely. I've I've had the privilege of knowing Jasmine for the last couple of years and watching this journey that we're going to hear today unfold, and it's been remarkable to see her progress. This is a uh, uh, someone who works as hard as anyone I've ever met, um, is, is energized and motivated to achieve her goals, passionate, and ultimately finds a way to win and succeed. And I think you're going to hear a heartbreaking st- story to set, set things up. And I think you're going to hear, um, you're going to be amazed at what she's been able to accomplish, um, from that terrible starting position. Yep. And all of your excuses are now invalid for the reasons that you too cannot accomplish financial independence or become debt-free or better yourself or grow wealth or, or, or. If What is that? If you, uh, Whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right. Well, Jasmine absolutely believed that she could and she did. And I love it. All right, before we bring in Jasmine, we have a new segment on this show called Money Moment, where we share a money hack, tip, or trick to help you on your financial journey. Today's Money Moment is unplug your appliances. Did you know many electronic devices sip energy when they're plugged in, even if they aren't being used? The Department of Energy estimates you could save 10% every month just by unplugging your appliances after you use them. Of course, we're not talking about your refrigerator, but all those little other things that are plugged in that don't need to be, yank that plug. All right, before we bring in Jasmine, let's take a quick break. Remember when you had to pay to get a Leeds phone number? It was like the dark ages. Until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high-quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do-not-call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com slash BP. It's Military Appreciation Month, so I'd like to personally thank all our past guests 
who have served and all our listeners who are serving, deployed, veterans, or in the reserves. But I'm not the only one showing appreciation. Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate their members who go above and beyond with exclusive rates, discounts, and tools. This month, join Navy Federal and get $50 when you open a credit card. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate to see their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. With 24-7 U.S.-based member service and resources for veterans transitioning to civilian life, Navy Federal is here to help you reach your goals. Head to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. Disclaimer, must join an open membership savings account between May 1st and May 31st. Annual percentage yield 0.25% for membership savings account. $5 minimum balance to open, maintain membership savings account, and to obtain bonus. Visit NavyFederal.org for more terms and conditions. The easiest way to collect rent? Rent app. RentApp is a seamless, secure, free payment tool for small rental property owners like you and me. Built by a team of fintech veterans behind Square and Cash App, RentApp uses ACH bank transfers to deposit rent directly into your account. Landlords love RentApp for its unbeatable convenience. Isn't it time you made rent collection easier? RentApp, the free and easy way to collect rent. Learn more at rent.app/landlord. That's rent.app/landlord. And we're back. Jasmine Gray is the recovery program manager at Cross Purpose, a nonprofit organization abolishing relational, economic, and spiritual poverty through career and community development. Jasmine is here to tell her money story today from growing up in a financially tough situation to serving time in jail to turning her life around through hard work and financial literacy. Jasmine, welcome to the Bigger Pockets Money Podcast. I can't wait to hear your story. And thank you. I'm happy to be here. This is uh, such a gift. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, don't apologize. This is going to be uh, a very interesting story. Let's jump in with uh, what was money like in your family growing up? Um, so money wasn't really talked about. Um, and if we wanted to earn money, the response from my grandparents was, uh, you do your chores to earn a roof over your head. And that's what you know, that's what money is for. And uh, it doesn't go to through the hands of children. And other than that, it wasn't talked about when there were financial issues. Uh, we didn't know about it. That's how my relationship with money was growing up very young. I just remember being like, I want what the other kids have, shoes, clothes, etc. And not being able to get them or my mom couldn't afford them or what have you. And so I started hustling um, in the form of, uh, you know, selling marijuana or different uh, substances. And I got my own phone. I started buying uh, clothes and shoes for myself uh, to have what other kids had. And that's kind of like that's where my hustle mentality was born from not having much growing up and having to, you know, earn it. <laughs> so, yeah, through chores or earn a roof over my head through doing chores. So. Figuring out money was my other challenge, that, a challenge for me to do on my own for things I wanted. And what age are we talking about here? Probably about 12 years old. Okay. So at 12 years old, you're the, the tough financial situation for your family had you kind of turning to selling marijuana and, and these other activities to, to bring in additional income um, on the side. Is that is that right? Correct. Okay. And, and I understand that um, shortly after this period – um, you experienced some some homelessness. Would you mind walking us walking through how that came to pass? 
Yeah, when I was 14 years old, my mom actually um, booted me out um, onto the street. So I was living in trap houses and um, on the and sleeping sometimes and on park benches. And so from there, I really had to learn how to provide for myself in the form of uh, more and more hustling, criminal activity, um, and even. When I, as soon as I was old enough to work, when I was 15, I also got a job at Lakeside. <laughs> so, um, and then combined with all of the other things is, yeah, I hope that answers the question. What is a trap house? Oh, uh, hey, trap house. Um, it's a place um, that's either abandoned or a place where like a lot of criminal activity happens or um, drugs are being sold or done on the premises of the property. A lot of people who are experiencing homelessness um, end up in these places um, and depend on each other to survive. Jasmine, was there a a usage of of drugs and alcohol going along with with the hustling that you described here in the criminal activities? Um, Yes. Uh, So I started using substances, um, drinking alcohol at the age of 10. I was smoking weed, uh, using substances. And then by the age of 12, I was addicted to crack cocaine and from there, my addiction progressed to ecstasy, methamphetamine, um, you name it. I was indulging in it. Your story is so remarkable, coming from a background that's as tough as what you're describing here, kicked out onto the street, dealing with addiction, criminal a, a criminal background that comes in here. And so thank you for sharing what must be a really hard story to share with a lot of folks around your background. I believe you also had some, you, so you, you um, in addition to some of these illegal activities, you also started a business and had some entrepreneurial ventures around this time. Would you mind describing a few of those? Yeah. So when I was 18, almost 19, I started my own cleaning company called 303 Cleaning LLC. And within the first four months, I grossed about, I think it was 25K the first, uh, after the second month, and then after the f- four months, I was just like, whoa, I made 38K this month alone. And I just recognized how being an entrepreneur, kind of like, oh, I can I can make money. But I didn't know how to budget to make sure that there was money going back into my business, <laughs> um, which is something I'm glad that I learned super early on because out of that, I had this hunger to learn how to use money as a tool and not for not necessarily for fun. So <laughs> how, how did you get this business? How did you start it? And and how did you get the first clients? I was cleaning hotels and um, I just remember, I just think back and I remember how easy it was uh, to clean hotels. And then I was looking at job postings for like Molly Maids and different maid cleaning companies. And I worked at a, uh, at a residential commercial cleaning company for a few months. Um, and I just noticed some gaps. I noticed things that weren't being done, um, things that could have d- been done better. And I started doing some research on the pricing that my company offered, pricing of other companies. And I started like just posting my own ads. Back then, I think it was like Thumbtack. Um, I started with Thumbtack. <laughs> um, and I started getting clients. And before, you know, and I was still working. And then once I took on more regular clients, I quit my job doing residential cleaning. And from there, it just kind of grew to where 
end of, I think it was like the second month, I just took on so many things. So I'm bidding on all these jobs and being competitive with my pricing. I just started, I hired four part-time people so that I didn't have to pay for benefits or, you know, all those things because I'm, I'm a kid. I don't know how to do this, but I do know that I, I do need to obey the laws because by this time I had already done juvenile time uh, behind bars. So I was like, oh, I, <laughs> I'm going to do this so I don't go to jail for, you know, any blue collar or white collar crime. So, <laughs> um, so after that, the business was successful for about six months before I relapsed. Um, but yeah, super exciting venture. The business was successful before you relapsed. You were you were growing and growing. I mean, you made thirty eight thousand dollars in one month. That's a whole year's salary for some people. Um, I know when I first started out, that was more than a whole year's salary for me. So, what were you doing with the funds when they came in? Besides, I mean, I'm assuming that you were paying your your workers and buying more supplies. But what were you doing with the the extra? So, with the money, I was interestingly enough, I paid my phone bill for a year in advance. I paid my rent six months in advance. And I wasn't, I noticed like I wasn't like paying to get the vacuums cleaned or paying for this. But then I started also using that money irresponsibly uh, to do drugs. At the time I was experiencing a heartbreak. Um, And what I found too is that I've kind of like run to work when I'm dealing with emotional stuff that I don't want to deal with. So when I, I was exiting a relationship that was, you know, heartbreaking and I relapsed in the process as well. So that's kind of that's where my money went um, was substances. How long did that relapse last? Did it completely end the business or were you able to, I, I don't know how to phrase this, kick it again? No. So I so I wound up um, going to the hospital with my two children. My son had RSV and I asked somebody else to run my business for me that was um, staying in my house, which you could call a trap, probably a trap house (laughs) by this time. And this person actually robbed my home, took my business checks, went to my client's houses, picked up checks, but did not do the job. Um, So in, and I was in the hospital for eight days. So within eight days, I lost at least 60% of my clientele. Wow. And how, how old were you at this time? I was 19. Okay. So at 19, you have two kids. You have uh, a business that has just been robbed and wrecked, and you're in a, in a relapse situation. Is that right? Yeah. And my home was actually robbed as well. <laughs> so all of it was coming out of the hospital and just getting that kind of like thrown on you was definitely challenging. But the way that I handled that was... I fell deeper into my addiction versus try to pick up the pieces again because the following that I couldn't make a car payment. I couldn't pay my people anymore that were working for me. I couldn't pay like and all this money I had in savings had been taken out by this person cashing checks all over Denver with the money that I had in the business, um, which wasn't much in savings. It, It was probably about $15,000. And then when I filed the police report and they came back and they told me who it was, I could not, um, I just couldn't press charges because of who this person was to me. So um, after that, I just went back to hustling, but this time more intensely on the side of like 
dealing in crime, not so much drug dealing, more crime. And within a matter of months, I mean, my business got like I, I lost all my clientele by like March of 2015. And by June, I lost my kids, cars, house, everything. And that November, I find myself incarcerated facing the like on my way to prison. Okay, so 2015, you're 19 and you're incarcerated. For how for how long is the sentence? 2015, I started, uh, I in November, I went and it was just before my 20th birthday. I went to jail and then I got out like once or twice, but I would do seven months, eight months before sentencing. And then I spent a total of four years or through almost four years in prison. So from 20 to 24, I was in prison. Okay. And so can you tell us about the experience during that time? Did anything change while you're in prison? And can you walk us through what happened when you were released? I think I should probably start to like where the change started because it was prior to prison. I just remember being desperate. I was homeless. I was tired. I was angry at myself. I just got, I like, I got, like, I screamed at God. Like, I think it's the first time I remember having, like, this conscious that there's a higher, something in the universe that's, like, controlling everything and it's not me. I was just like, I need to change my life. Like, I fell to my knees and I just started crying and, and just begged. And I had all these stipulations, right? I don't want to go to prison uh, with new charges. I don't want to go this. I don't want to go that. And um, before I know it, I'm uh, on my bondsmen catch up with me and I am on my way to prison. And I think being at that rock bottom, that desperate, that desperate need for change and wanting to regain and restore all the things that I stole from myself. So like relationships with my children, home, business, car, like everything that I had worked so hard to earn, I lost just as quickly and in prison, I just remember walking through the yard and all of these descriptions of what I thought I built my life, to, what I built my life on these morals and values. Like I just felt them being stripped off of me. And the more that I focused on myself and took accountability for my actions and turned to God and just like read books and, and educated myself and pursued, because um, in prison, they have access to all these training, like trainings and AutoCAD and all these different things that you act that you can better your life with. So I took advantage of that time and really just kind of used it to look inside myself and say, I never want an opportunity like this again in my life to get my mind right and get out there and just just do it right this time. So you used the word um, hustling earlier to describe some of the activities you did as a teenager. Uh, I understand that the definition of hustling began to change at this point in time and that you all hustled in prison as well to a certain extent. Would you mind sharing a little bit of that? Uh, yeah. So um, I think it was like a year and a half into prison. I was tired of being broke. I didn't have anybody that really sent me any money. I didn't really have any contact with the outside world, no contact with my kids or anything like that either. So I started to like, oh, I can make candies. Like I'd melt down these lemonade candies or whatever kind of candy into like a sucker form. I'd peel off the cotton of the Q-tip and and stick the Q-tip in the sucker and let it dry and harden. And then in the middle, I would put like a piece of taffy or a gummy 
uh, like a gummy snack. Um, <laughs> and then I would make like chili suckers, taffy suckers, and I would make taffy. And um, I would sell those for stamps. And that would be my currency in there to survive and get the things I needed and the things I wanted, like shoes, sweatsuits, TV, coffee pot. I needed the coffee pot to do my business, you know, and then re-up, right? <laughs> have somebody order the things I need in, in exchange for stamps. That's awesome. I, I love it. The entrepreneurial spirit the whole whole way through here. Um, what happens upon your release? What what what, what happens there and, and how, how does that go? Um, and what kind of, how does the story continue? So when I was getting released from prison, I actually got kicked out because they're running out of space. And I was like six months away from my MRD and I was in this class. MR, what is MRD for those who don't know? Mandatory release date. And I was in my I was in my class uh, and I was just like, and it's AutoCAD and that's software en- engineering, like through a computer for those that may not know. Uh, I was really excited about it because that was the way I was going to make big bucks when I got out. Right. Um, but they kicked me out of prison before I could finish the class. So when I got out, I was just I, I understood one thing and that's that I needed to survive. And the only way that I was going to do that was through opportunities. And the only way to get opportunities is to seek them. So I got connected with Cross Purpose. I got connected with Case Management through the Wages Program at the Empowerment uh, Program of Denver. And I um, started looking for jobs like right away. I got out on a Friday. I started my first job on the very next Friday. And I was just all over Denver trying to get into programs and resources that help people who have been to prison. Awesome. So I, I I just want to explain what cross purpose is for those who don't know. Uh, it's a it's a, a a nonprofit organization here in the Denver area that helps people like Jasmine who are serious about improving their lives go through a career development program, and they have really good track record of after several months. I think it's a six month program of placing their alumni, um, which of which, Jasmine, you are an alumni. Uh, into jobs where you're earning almost always greater than $20 per hour. So it's uh, lifting folks in the community out of the poverty line. And this is work that I've volunteered off and on with for seven or eight years and that you've taken part of on the, uh, 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 on the side of being a leader, um, uh, the, 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 which is a participant in the program. How'd I do? Yeah, you did pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) So you just got this job on Friday, uh, a week after, and you're attending cross purpose. It sounds like, um, right out the gate there. Sorry to interrupt your story. Yeah, no worries. And cross purpose does a really good job of supporting people as they are not only like maintain where they're currently at, but really like sustain and reach towards heights that they may not have other otherwise reached. And that comes with relationship. So I actually was afraid I wasn't going to get into cross purpose because they told me that I wouldn't qualify for a bookkeeping track because of my background. And I was like, oh, no, I, I think I can. I think I can do it. I think I can do it. And I called them every day for like a month. Maze wasn't every day. Maze like once a week. And then I started becoming every other day towards the end of the deadline to get into the program. And then when I got accepted, no joke, I actually was like, yes, like I jumped up and clicked my heels in I think I was walking on Colfax. <laughs> People must have looked at me really funny. Uh, but I was just like really excited to get into the program because I truly believe like this program is going to help me change my life. So after I got into the program, I started working two jobs. So I'm going to school full time, working two jobs. And Cross Purpose does food well. So if anybody's, you know, hungry and they're going to school or whatever, like Cross Purpose feeds you. <laughs> um, but I would eat like from Cross Purpose my restaurant job, which I was making $9 an hour, or I would just eat from the food bank to 
cut costs because I still had to pay rent. I was living with my brother, but he charged me like 700 bucks a month for rent plus utilities. <laughs> um, and $9 an hour in Denver in 2019 is not um, a livable wage. So I really, I really just busted my butt from that time forward. And then I got a full-time job doing accounts receivable at RAC Transport. It's like billing, customer service, accounts receivable, all those things intertwined into this one position. And I just remembered like feeling like $16 an hour is not enough. I need to hold on to this $9 an hour job and I need to hold on to this other weekend job that I have. So I was constantly <laughs> working multiple jobs to save money to pay down debt to get the things that I wanted, like needed. So like a car and I would starve myself because food wasn't as important as maybe paying my child support or paying down the debt balance of other things that I have, like restitution. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about that beginning journey. And that I, I continued working multiple jobs up until I started working in, at Cross Purpose in August of 2021. Let's talk about your debt and your restitution. What was your financial situation when you got out of prison? And how much, what was this debt and what was this restitution? When I got out of prison, I think I had like 28K in debt and at least 16K of that was restitution. And the rest is just like student loans, uh, random bills that I hadn't paid. I think I had like a credit card or like a internet bill that I hadn't paid, childcare bill that I hadn't paid from prior to prison. And some of those things, you know, fell off of my credit record, but um, I paid most of them because, yeah, I just wanted it off my credit. That's understandable. Uh -huh. Okay. So Jasmine, you're working three jobs. You're Hustle, you're you're hustling again in in the in this new good context of the word hustling, um, uh, in your in, in in your career. You're at a career development program. You're getting you're getting better opportunities, but you're still working three jobs, and you're still not making enough where you feel confident about doing anything other than paying rent. You're not even feeling confident with eating. How do you how do you begin to progress towards a more sustainable financial position? Um, maybe in late 2019 or, 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 or in that time period, how does how do how do you be, how does a snowball begin rolling on the positive trajectory we know you ended up on? You know, I felt like there was something that maybe some education that I didn't have um, a gap in my understanding about finances. So when uh, Cross Purpose, Karen Gensing shot out an invitation to uh, Cross Finance to alumni network. I I was like, that's for me. I need that. I need whatever gap that is. Like, I've got to figure out what that is. So when I started that program, uh, Scott, you were there with a number of other coaches ready to just help us learn more about, you know, getting out of debt and investing and the list goes on and on. But that's where I learned about um, the debt snowball. So during that time in the cross finance program, not only did I work, you know, all those multiple jobs, I was selling burritos, I was delivering flowers, and I was selling items that I had in my in my house. My daughter um, participated in, in this with me where she would like look online for free stuff and we would go pick it up and then she'd do a, gar a garage sale and give me 10%, which was a joy for her. And then, you know, not only that, but I was encouraged um, by Scott and Karen and uh, Jeremy and Amanda, those are all the coaches and the people involved in my particular cohort, um, to really like 
believe in myself and apply for higher paying positions, like advocate and how to um, even saying like, you know, get a few offers in there so that you can say, well, this person's paying me this much, but I like it here, you know, or like framing, framing things in a way to where I can fight for my salary. I had never thought of that until Scott actually like brought it to my attention that I can, you know, fight for my salary. And that was the first time I was like, oh, crap, I can do that. I don't have to just take anything because of my background, because that's how I really like approached life and situations and jobs is, oh, I'm lucky to even have a job because I'm a felon. Now I believe, oh, they're lucky to have me because my experience is diverse. It's different and it's um, a gift. And just like they're they're a gift to me, I'm a gift to them. We we're on the same team here. You know, we're at equal equal playing field. So yeah, <laughs> I love that you just bought into the program and every every week came back with massive progress, did did the homework. We taught Financial Peace University from Dave Ramsey in that program. And you just did it. Uh, you, you said, I'm gonna do the good I'm gonna do the gazelle like ap- approach and you crushed your debt and delivered flowers, made burritos. <laughs> Every week it was a new thing, a new tactic that you came up with. And it was just it was just so awesome and, and rewarding to see all the all the all the progress you made over that first, I guess, like eighteen months that we were working together. Can you walk us through what the what your how, how that progressed in terms of translating to paying down debts? Do you have any any milestones that you remember? Uh, yeah, I remember to first uh, we first saved up to a thousand dollars, and then we would get a meal. Like Scott would buy <laughs> Scott would buy uh, like I think he bought like noodles and company once, or you know, like he just buy the whole class a meal, um, and then. Um, I think then we then we got to like talk to each other, and I remember there was one uh, one woman in class. Her name's uh, Lavisa. We would be in competition with who pays down how much more or or what is going on each week, which was very healthy for us because it got us both out of debt. <laughs> <laughs> Having that healthy competition, like encouragement, was uh, really awesome. So that was like a gift to me and a super big help to be able to like okay, now I can start kind of like knocking at this huge chunk of um, debt because I had restitution like all over Denver in three different counties. So that was um, something that was a challenge because I'm not just paying one bill at a time. I'm paying multiple um, all <laughs> all around. Um, but then I could, after that happened, I could really start looking at uh, student loans. And so with student loans, I kind of like started paying it and then applying for different programs like student loan forgiveness programs and then when they forgave the rest of my student loans i was like oh crap i'm out of debt and that and that was last year in october august or october one of those months one of those fall months it's it's so awesome i i believe when you started cross purpose you had 18,000 in restitution because i believe that it had been accruing interest so it had actually grown a little bit in the Years leading up in a year or two leading up to that, and I remember that. Uh, uh, I remember that conversation, and I remember uh, I've I've said that to a couple of people over the years where that I've worked with in finance, and none of them have ever hit me up <laughs> on that offer except you. And I was so delighted to get that email and call that you were you knocked it all out, and there <laughs> there it was. Um, so just congratulations on, on all that, and congratulations on being debt free as of six months ago. It's just it's it's so remarkable. Um, now that you're debt free, I understand that you've crossed even more milestones in your financial journey. Would you mind sharing a couple of the the recent developments in the past six months that have come about? Yeah, um, I recently uh, bought a house 
in Denver. I painted it all on my own. Well, w- with some help, um, but but got was able to design it. And I was able to get a grant for 10K from this uh, nonprofit called Shared Power, which helped me to paint my house and do some of those internal like cosmetic fixtures and purchase a, a couch and stuff. And then I also regained custody of my daughter. So... So I, I, I love that I, w- I saw your house uh, was in progress and I saw it at the uh, house, housewarming party. Would you mind sharing um, as well what you're doing with the house to help it produce some income and maybe how you financed it? Yeah. So I am financing my house through um, a land trust company, which is State Bridge, uh, is actually the owner of my loan. Um, and that's like a 2.5% interest rate. So that locks me in for 30 years at 25 also, right now, I am putting together my um, third bedroom in the house, and I'm going to be putting a uh, six-month non-renewable lease <laughs> for a single Christian woman with no kids, no pets, um, <laughs> uh, to come and rent out the space uh, for that six months. Um, that way, I have six months to generate some income, and then I have also six months to like host and invite people for the holidays to come stay because that is really important to me. So it's like I get to still generate money and also do what I really love to do, uh, which is care well and love and being company of my family and people that I love um, during those holiday seasons. So that space is available in my home. That's awesome. Have you ever considered restarting your cleaning company? I I have. However, I don't ever want to work that hard again. <laughs> and that may sound super lazy. Um, no. <laughs> but honestly, <laughs> I put in a lot of work on that company. Um, and like, I, I just don't think I want to go there again. You couldn't pay the workers what you want to pay, like, especially this day and age, I don't think I'd have to do research on it. But I, I don't see very many women or, who are like cleaning cleaning companies making more than like $22 an hour. So I wouldn't I'd want to be able to create a company that I can actually pay people to work for me like a livable wage and more than just livable, something that they can um really grow off of and you know provide for their family. I don't want to employ people at the poverty line. Um I want to help them get here. So something that I've considered uh doing and that I'm working on a plan now is a consulting uh, company. So like business consulting, grant writing, things like that. That's something that um, I'm kind of starting to do on the side. And I'm learning a lot as I go. But that's that's something that I'm passionate about. And uh, I think it will generate more income. Grant writing can be huge. That's, that's, that's a really cool thing to get into. So Jasmine, how has this all improved your personal life? You know, I have to be honest, at first going through all of this, it was really hard. I felt lonely. I struggled. You know, my relationships were strained. All those years of like hustle and bustle. And if I say all those years, but it was only like only like three, three and a half, four years, I guess, of all that hustle and bustle. And it's like I'm addicted to it because I keep I'm like, oh, more ideas, more things like I can develop this out and do this very well. Right. But now it's like, OK, I have my daughter, I have other relationships in my life. And I'm like, um, I have time to spend with the people I love and care about and doing things that I love and care about. So my quality of life is increasing as my financial situation gets better. 
And uh, over this journey to my daughter, I had her every other week for a period of time. She was able to like come with me to Monday night classes um, for financial peace or cross finance and see what I was doing actively. So she had an understanding of like, oh, my mom's going to be doing this this week. Oh, this is what, you know, this is what we're going to be doing, which now has made her like she's a financially aware and (laughs) smart child. Uh, She budgets her own allowance. It's really cool to see. Um, (laughs) But, um, you know, like and over time as like I took on just one position at Cross Purpose, knowing like with the the idea and the heart that like I want to serve these people really well. I don't want to work off of autopilot, so I'm not going to take on extra jobs at this time. Like my situ- my situation with my daughter improved and got better. Um, she she lives with me now. Um, she, and not only does she live with me, like I have custody of her. Last year in March, I got in contact with my son again. And a little bit about my son is he was uh, adopted into a closed adoption while I was in prison because um, he didn't, he wasn't placed with a family member or with his father. He was placed with um, Colorado Child Protective Services. And so I have tried for years and years to appeal and I've sent motion after motion and reached out. I'm only allowed to reach out once a year to social services to send cards or pictures or whatever. And I'd been doing that since being released from prison. And so the family finally reached out to me last year. We have been working together um, to communicate and I got to meet him in person for the first time in December. So we're like working on creating, you know, working on creating like a relationship where our families were not not like co-parenting, but like we're there for each other and um, a part of his and my daughter and I are a part of his life. So those relationships are just like flourishing and developing. And um, I couldn't be more grateful for with, like chasing stability and paying down debt and all of that. Like, I don't know if it'd be possible if I didn't decide to get money situated, right? Along with all the other things that come with wellness, but it's a holistic part of, you know, it's a the financial part of the holistic part of life. Yeah. And, and this was really, this was tough because this is a really hard situation, right? You didn't, you didn't have custody of your daughter. You were able to, but as your position improved, you're able to, to, to get that. And that re, re reunion was awesome um, to, to kind of see that unfold. I mean, I, I, I didn't see the actual reunion, but I, but to see the relationship with you and your daughter growing um, was wonderful. And then I just like can only imagine how hard it is and all the different emotions and thoughts going into your son was adopted by another family. And I, I, it sounds like there was a, some skepticism or a desire to slowly build the relationship at first. And just your commitment to improving your life in every direction, building uh, a great set of relationships, your financial position, career stability, all that kind of stuff, I think, to me, has to have been a contributing factor to that opening back up the, the window to your, to your son's life. Um, to a large degree. And, and that was super powerful to see all these things, all these things deservedly starting to go right for, for Jasmine over the last three or four years. So um, that's awesome. So we have uh, a, a paid off. Uh, we've paid off all our debt, except for the now new home mortgage. We've got, uh, I presume, a really good credit score. We're earning a great income. Uh, now you're working for Cross Purpose full time. Um, and I'd love to hear a little bit about that position and what you're doing there. Um, and um, the relationships are coming back into your life. The most, the very, the most important relationships are coming back into your life and, 
and and starting to be a bigger and bigger part of of your your day to day. Is that is that right for the most part? Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, <laughs> um, a little bit more about like my position at Cross Purpose. So I started in the alumni department as the alumni career coach, moved into the alumni advancement manager. And then John Livingston and I, John Livingston is a staff member here at Cross Purpose. He's also a Cross Purpose alumni, worked together to develop this uh, recovery program called Live Different Recovery at Cross Purpose. It was like a part-time side gig for some extra money. And uh, our hearts were in it. So it made it just like that much easier easier or better or more passionate about it. And we started the development processes uh, March of last year. In August of 2022, we launched the program. And from August to December, more than 400 people in Denver had attended our program. So we saw, or not we, but Cross Purpose saw that it was a need in the community and that there would need to be somebody who ran it. So a position was created out of the birth of this, the development of this program and it just becoming more than, you know, this like coffee, sit around, talk. Like it be, it became like a program, was designed to become a program. And so now I'm the recovery programs manager at Cross Purpose, which is really fun. It's awesome. I enjoy all the elements I get to do from like curriculum development to putting teams together to fundraising, you know, just coming in on a Friday night when we do our meetings, um, they're from six to eight with a meal and childcare, just seeing all the people smile and be together and hear about celebrations and, and challenges and just experience the change that happens and be able and be able to be a part of it. And that, I went from being like super stressed out in my previous position to like I have so many responsibilities to now it's like I have these responsibilities, but it's not as much. <laughs> so, it's a gift. What if I told you that I, Mindy Jensen, the queen of budgeting, the personal finance fanatic, sometimes forgot to cancel my subscriptions? I know it's horrible. $10 here, $15 there. My useless subscription bills could have taken my whole family out to dinner multiple times. Rocket Money can make all that subscription sadness suddenly vanish. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. You can see all your subscriptions in one place and cancel money-sucking subscriptions with a tap. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash bpmoney. That's rocketmoney.com slash bpmoney. rocketmoney.com slash bpmoney. It's Military Appreciation Month, so I'd like to personally thank all our past guests who have served and all our listeners who are serving, deployed, veterans, or in the reserves. But I'm not the only one showing appreciation. Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate their members who go above and beyond with exclusive rates, discounts, and tools. This month, join Navy Federal and get $50 when you open a credit card. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate 
to see their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. With 24-7 U.S.-based member service and resources for veterans transitioning to civilian life, Navy Federal is here to help you reach your goals. Head to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. Disclaimer, must join an open membership savings account between May 1st and May 31st. Annual percentage yield 0.25% for membership savings account. $5 minimum balance to open, maintain membership savings account, and to obtain bonus. Visit NavyFederal.org for more terms and conditions. Pretty good episode, right? While you were listening, you could have been getting paid rent with RentApp. Landlords love RentApp because it makes rent collection a breeze. RentApp uses ACH bank transfers to deposit funds directly into your account. Setup is straightforward for renters. Landlords don't need to download anything. Both have peace of mind with a digital transaction history. Isn't it time you made landlording a little easier? RentApp, the best way to pay or collect rent. Learn more at rent.app slash landlord. That's rent.app slash landlord. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single-family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. Jasmine, what's next for you? So I'm already kind of like working on that development of like what a consulting company could look like while um, kind of like getting my name out there at the same time. So that's something that's next. I don't know when it's going to pop. I, I think usually when things are in development like this a little bit, sometimes they just happen and they happen pretty fast or, you know, I've, I've never had something like this take that long, but I guess we'll see what happens there. But that's something that I'm excited about. And then I really want to get more involved in like real estate and investment and um, things like that as I continue my journey onward. I think real estate is a key to generational wealth and impacting our communities um, in a positive way. I mean, you have the power to do it in a negative or a positive way, right? So um, I would want to do it in a positive way and uh, serve serve families and people, individuals who uh, deserve a second chance. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Jasmine, uh, the uh, the, com- the compounding compound interest has been working against you for almost all the time that I've, uh, I've, I've known you. Um, and now it's about to start working for you. And I'm very excited, uh, to see what that brings over the next three, five years. Um, so that's awesome. Um, Jasmine, we're, we're going to, uh, give you, uh, any bigger pockets book that you would like to help you get started in real estate investing, um, or all of them, uh, if you'd like them. Oh, thank you. <laughs> wow. What an honor. What a gift. More gifts. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And Jasmine, you need a Bigger Pockets Pro membership. So when you are ready to get started on your real estate education journey, hit me up because I have Bigger Pockets superpowers and I will give you a 
pro membership so you can unlock all the parts of the website and truly start learning. Okay. Uh, challenge or maybe like gift, gift received, challenge accepted. I don't know. <laughs> There's so much higher than that. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. In exchange for some advice, what advice would you give someone who may not know where to start on their financial journey? I would say um, first, tap into your resources. There are people around you that are hungry to teach you something. You can look online for some classes, you know, if, if you need the structure, right? If not, get your budget in order and figure out your debts, listing them from smallest to largest and knock those babies out. And then figure out too, like, what's your, what's your BHAG, right? What's your big, hairy, audacious goal that you want to do? For me, it was like, how am I going to be a homeowner? And uh, being a homeowner was actually my five-year plan after getting out of prison, and I accomplished it in less than four. So just shy of less than four, but, <laughs> but yeah, but it's like through those small things of, yeah, budgeting, having your budget in line and paying off that debt and being very mindful about what you do with your credit. Yep. I, I love it. And one of the things you said earlier that I, that stuck, um, stuck out to me was, um, you, I, and I'm going to misquote you here, but you said something about how you needed opportunities and then to take those opportunities. Can you, how did you phrase that when we, when, you, when you're coming out of prison and thinking about what you needed to do in order to be successful? Do you remember that? Yeah. When I got out of prison or anywhere in life, I like to call myself like an opportunist because I'm always seeking something. I always have a goal. I always have goals set for myself, whether personally, professionally, financially, whatever they are. And I'm always seeking an opportunity to achieve the goal. And how you seek opportunities is you get out there, you connect with people, you network, you trust people, you're open to learning because people love to teach other people things. I love to learn. And so when you approach somebody with a learning posture, people are definitely willing to share what they know. And that's what I've learned. Before prison, or if I never would have come to cross purpose, probably I've never thought that people had like my best interests at heart. But over time, I've learned like, hey, people just want to see other people succeed, and we can do that together. So mm -hmm. relationships are and networking are really key to tapping into opportunities. I love that. Well, Jasmine, thank you so much for coming on and having the courage to share. Uh, of uh, um. The, the toughest beginning, I think, that we might have heard on the Bigger Pockets Money podcast in all of the 400 episodes that we've had, and the remarkable journey to get to where you are today as a homeowner who's debt-free um, and beginning to get started on an investing journey. So it's been a, a privilege to know you the last couple of years, and I'm very excited to see what comes next. Um, uh, and I'll be interested to hear what that five-year plan uh, evolves to in the next couple of, of months now that you're uh, it's such a wonderful position and on such a great trajectory. Yeah. Well, thanks. And thank you for being willing to teach and have me here today. This is a, wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, when I first got the invitation, I was like, what, really me? But yeah, such a gift. So thank you. Where can people find out more about you and Cross Purpose? Go to www.crosspurpose.work. That's where people can find out more about Cross Purpose. And then about me, I have a LinkedIn profile or uh, you can find my bio on the Cross Purpose website um, or come visit Live Different Recovery on a Friday night and you can meet me in person. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. 
really great to catch up and, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and really appreciate you sharing your story. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Mindy. Thank you, Jasmine, for your time today. And we'll talk to you soon. Holy cat, Scott. That was an incredible story by Jasmine. I can't imagine what it was like to watch her go through all of that and just see her success over and over again. What a privilege. Yeah, it's been it's been awesome to witness this for, for, for um, from Jasmine, and um, it's just like I'm just proud to know her. <laughs> um, so it's it's awesome that she's she's been able to accomplish all this. And like I said, I can't wait to see what she achieves with the next five ten years. Um, so she she's the world's her oyster, and um, she's really set herself up for success here. Yeah, and her mindset is absolutely her biggest asset, and she believes that she can. So. She will. I think that's some smarmy quote somewhere, but it's so true in this case. She absolutely believes that she can do it and she just continues to find a way. And her consulting company, every faith that that is going to be a, a smashing success, just like she has been. One of the things that I think is, is you know, and, and I, like my, obviously my passion, your passion is helping people get better with their money and particularly with the spin of using that, um, get that position of being better with your money to move towards financial freedom. And I think that that's so important for folks like Jasmine and folks that are in positions similar to where Jasmine was coming out of prison, because, um, when you're coming out of the prison system, you know, I, I, I can imagine I could, I could, I could feel, think that someone in that situation feels like the, well, my life's over. The best I can do is get a very low income job, um, and live at, or maybe just above the poverty line. And maybe ever, if things were really well, and I busted for 40 years, aspire to the middle class, um, middle class outcome. Um, if I'm truly lucky and that may not be attractive to some folks in that situation. And I think that it's why it's so important to highlight stories like Jasmine's about how you can get out of debt, how you can become a homeowner and how you can be ultimately begin investing and become financially free because that is such an attractive uh, uh, path forward. And obviously life's not all about money, but we're a financial podcast. And I wonder if that outlook on personal finance, uh, this entrepreneurial mindset, this investing mindset, which is accessible to folks like Jasmine, as we just saw, um, maybe that's something that, that could inspire folks to, um, uh, 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 direct the energy that as Jasmine's directed towards these kind of healthy, um, pursuits and outcomes. So I'll just leave that as a thought starter and, um, would love thoughts or opinions on that perhaps in the Facebook group. That would be awesome. All right, Scott, should we get out of here? Let's do it. All right. That wraps up this episode of the bigger pockets money podcast. He is Scott Trench and I am Mindy Jensen saying toodles noodles. Bigger pockets money was created by Mindy Jensen and Scott Trench. Produced by Kaylin Bennett. Editing by Exodus Media. Copywriting by Nate Weintraub. Lastly, a big thank you to the Bigger Pockets team for making this show possible. It's 
Military Appreciation Month, so I'd like to personally thank all our past guests who have served and all our listeners who are serving, deployed, veterans, or in the reserves. But I'm not the only one showing appreciation. Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate their members who go above and beyond with exclusive rates, discounts, and tools. This month, join Navy Federal and get $50 when you open a credit card. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate to see their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. With 24-7 U.S.-based member service and resources for veterans transitioning to civilian life, Navy Federal is here to help you reach your goals. Head to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. Disclaimer, must join an open membership savings account between May 1st and May 31st. Annual percentage yield 0.25% for membership savings account. $5 minimum balance to open, maintain membership savings account, and to obtain bonus. Visit NavyFederal.org for more terms and conditions. 